1: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. You're watching Leafs Morning Tape with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The
2: show starts now. Alright, what's good? It's the Friday edition of Lease Morning Take presented by Botano. It's Nick Alberga and guest co-host Carter Hutton. Hutton, Hutts, welcome to the team, my dude. Uh, how you been, man? Ah,
0: well rested, you know. Summer off, you know, got ready. A little training camp here, just getting ready to rock. Exciting
2: times. Um, You know, glad to be back on with you, Nick. I love the uh, the goalie masks in the background. I think you're being, uh, you'll bring, obviously, a unique perspective to the show throughout this season. There's so much to touch on, not only with the Leafs, but around the league. And it just becomes such a different position than even back in your days, just a couple of years ago. Eh? Yeah, not that long ago,
0: but I think what happened was the training you know, these young kids are so good. Um, so now it's like, how do you break this cookie cutter mold that everybody has? Um, where do you find that guy that's going to be hot at the right time? And, you know, you look at some of these young guys coming up they're they're really good. And obviously a lot of excitement around the Leafs this year. Uh, hopefully they can get it done.
2: Yep. I concur with you on that For at the Leafs nation 401, where you can subscribe here on YouTube, just search least morning take wherever you get your podcasts and we'll pop up. Please subscribe, like review, do us, uh, whatever you need to do to pay our bills, please. But, uh, Tell us what you've been up to in the off season. I understand you've been doing some uh, goaltending work, consulting work.
0: Yeah. So I've been, uh, I kind of partnered with a few, I have a, I run a goalie school in the summertime here. I partnered with Colin Zulianello who works for the Seattle Kraken. So we started our own goalie camp, giant goaltending. So I'm hands-on with the youth and yeah, you know, the oldest kids we work with is, uh, you know, Mackenzie Blackwood. He skates with us. And uh, and then I've been working with the St. Louis Blues a little bit, trying to help them uh, with their goalie development. And so I'm hands-on still involved in the game. and. You know, it's been a lot of fun, right? I think seeing it from the grassroots level all the way to the professional, and then using my experiences to help guys, you know, manage the position because it's, uh, it can be tricky at times, that's for sure.
2: I play a lot of fantasy hockey. Mackenzie Blackwood's actually a guy I have circled. I know San Jose is going to probably have a rough year, but Blackwood's in need of like a change of scenery. He got it going from New Jersey to San Jose. And, and that's all you can need sometimes, right? I mean, you've done it a bit in your career where you've changed locations for the better, for the worse. Is it a simple thing like that that can change the mentality of a goalie, Hutz? I agree. Like, I think sometimes when you're drafted to a team and then there's
0: expectations and you don't meet them, it, it it kind of, you know, and then you wear on the fan base. Everybody knows you, everybody has these things that you haven't met or you met that standard. So I think for him, a change of pace will be good. And, and he's a guy that has all the tools and he's still really young. He isn't, you know, it's not like he's over the bridge and he's just kind of, uh, you know, trying to figure it out here, hanging on. He's still got a lot of potential in him and, and he's an athlete. He is a guy that, Comparatively to me, I was, I was a bag of milk compared to this guy. This guy is an absolute freak. So I was always jealous of that. I, I always used to joke around about Mac that he had all the tools, no toolbox, but you know, he's, getting, he's getting smarter and smarter as he goes here. And, it, and it's a position that takes time and experience.
2: Oh, for sure. And suffice it is to say, if you have any questions uh, as pertaining to the Leafs goaltending, today's the day with Hutz on the show beyond probably a couple of three, four times a month here, filling in for Rosie. So get those questions in in the chat at the Leafs Nation 401. If you're watching live on YouTube right now, what's going on? And again, we'll talk about the game last night. We'll talk about Nylander and Minton. we got a big guest coming up today as well. Former Toronto Maple Leaf, Cody And You played with him, right? I did for any Dogs. We were uh, partners in Nashville. We picked him up uh one of the playoff runs and what a great
0: guy. It was his second stint in Nashville. So, a lot of the boys knew him already, but I got to know him pretty well and uh you know, a great guy and a great Hawks player.
2: I'm a big research guy and I realized that that he was traded in that Lombardi deal and then ends up back in Nashville like 4 years later, right? Um yeah. and I think uh you guys have another thing in common. You're former Toronto Maple Leafs, right? I brought this up on the show last year. You had a cup of tea in Toronto actually retired a maple leaf right
0: yeah it's nice to go out on top you know i'm a am a living legend here in thunder bay so uh you know retiring as a leaf uh yeah it's pretty funny so my kid got a pack of hockey cards the other day from tim hortons and it had uh, matthews and nylander in it and he's like do you know these guys i said well kind of i had a couple showers with them so it counts so
2: <laughs> a couple of showers so what what happened I, i'm trying to remember what happened it was arizona dealt you to toronto when was that around though i'm trying to remember Oh, uh, I want to, it was like, it was February maybe.
0: And then the initial plan was for me not to go just to stay. They were, it was like kind of a contract. I don't know. You know, they manipulate the cash. It was very Arizona. Much. Yes. Very Arizona. So we kind of, I had a handshake deal with Armstrong saying I would get traded, but I didn't have to go. And then they called me when, when wool got hurt, he hurt his shoulder and they said, Hey, would you like to come? Almost like, trying to break the deal. And I, I wasn't sure. And then that's when Jack Campbell got hurt. And that's when it was, uh, my options were limited. You were coming no matter I, if I wanted to or not, which was cool. Like I was excited to go, but at that point uh, I was pretty checked out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's understandable. And it's something I actually talk about quite a bit covering fantasy hockey and doing this show, just how volatile this position has become, you know, even dating back to like the Marty era, where you knew these guys were out there like 75 times a year. It's changed so much. Is there anything specifically, Hutz, that you can attribute that to? Because I think it's only going to get worse before it gets better and the science and all that. Like, we talk a lot, and understandably so, about a third-string net miner on this team. But considering how many goalies the Leafs have gone through in the last decade alone, the last five years, I think it's the right conversation to be had
0: yeah it's it's the game has changed so much right like i we talked about that a little bit off air me and you beforehand uh just like the skill of these young guys too right we talked about managing the cap and managing the situation where with goaltending it's like you can't have enough goalies because the wear and tear you don't get guys like brodeur anymore even you talk about vassy who's like hurt now but who would be probably one of the workhorses in the league now he's out is he ever going to be the same again Um, And now having that depth where you can manage the way and the way we practice, the way we train, the way we, you see younger kids getting like double hip surgeries and all these different issues that come up. So it's, it's hard to invest in a guy that's going to be your go-to guy when you know that you just need the right guy at the right time to get hot
2: because that's the thing too that we're going to talk about uh you know a lot this season is like connor hellebuck who's slated to become a ufa our team's prepared to pay this guy like nine 10 million bucks or in other words like carter hudden of buffalo money right yeah yeah, bro, yeah i wish I, I wouldn't be doing this in my studio basement apartment here <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a fat but, ticket that was eh? yeah 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 um but yeah i know i agree it's so it's so high risk right it's like who wants to sign a guy even you look at some of the goalies that have signed good tickets it's like what have they done after? It's hard. You need, you need that sweet spot. And then it's almost like you want to cash in on a guy and you have to let him walk sometimes, but somebody's going to pay him. That's the thing. No matter what it is, someone's going to pay him and it forces the market. And I always think back to our Buffalo days with Jeff Skinner, when he had that crazy year, it's obviously different. He's a player, but everybody knew he was going to get paid and he got paid and be on any side of it. Someone's going to give you the money.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I, I think he's, he's lived up to, the, to that bargain. And certainly there's pressure that goes along with the contract. Since you're a goalie, we've got a couple of videos for you to break down. We'll start with a, a cat out in Arizona. He's like a dark horse, I think, to win the Calder this season. Not sure if you saw this last night, but this shootout attempt from Logan Cooley, who already scored two goals in that game against Anaheim.
0: Yeah, this is I watched this goalie this morning. And honestly, to get John Gibson off balance is crazy to me because he is such a patient, good goalie. But you can see this little fake right here as he... Turns his leg, he thinks he's gonna pull it to his back and he just kind of opens up his his blade and Gibson thinks he's gonna pull it to his glove side. And and then to have the poise to roof it under there, especially as a young guy. These the, the biggest thing I noticed late in my career with the younger players is they don't lack confidence. Where when I started out goalie player, you were scared to step on toes. You just kind of tried to fall in line. You didn't want to mess with the old. You to look at like Jay, right? Like, you don't want to be an idiot on the ice when that guy's there because someone's going to come grab you by the scruff and tell you how things are. Where nowadays these kids get away with everything and they have so much confidence and the skill level's absolutely through the roof.
2: You're talking about Gen Zs now, and it's it's my mistake too. That wasn't a uh, shootout; that was a penalty shot in that game. And uh, Logan Cooley looks like the real deal as Arizona goes in and beats the Anaheim Ducks. But I think you're so right. There's just pizzazz. There's entertainment. Uh, you know, there's skill. There's just confidence. It's through the roof right now. I believe we have the other one too, Connor Bedard, who's the projected um, Calder winner this season. Here it is. Yeah, I watched this one as well. This is uh,
0: just trying to do a little too much against a goalie that's way too active. You watch oh, yeah. Mark I love it. But again, like thinking you're coming down on Marc-Andre Fleury and you're trying to pull out like 400 deeks right in front of him, like come down, shoot the puck, make a move. But I think as Bedard ages in the league, like if you talk to a veteran player that like as a goalie, I know the way Marc-Andre plays, like he comes flying out, he poke checks, he fake poke checks, he's active, he's moving. So to try to get on his doorstep and do that move is it's never going to work. And uh, because he's, a love the, the little poke check, you know? Oh yeah. He loves it. He loves the fake poke check, the flip. He's like, i've always been a fan of mark andre Fleury because we talk about the way that guys play the game and you manage like um you know kind of rest and how you play he's full tilt whether it's practice whether it's a game and he's been reliable for how many years where like i remember when i went to buffalo and i started playing a lot more games playing 50 games a year i was hanging on by a thread like physically mentally and this guy's been able to sustain it for years so he's he's a freak and and i and i love to see him still going
2: So we're going to talk about Ilya Samsonov, that outing last night. Man, I I just can't wait for the regular season to start. I'm so fatigued. Could only understand and comprehend how the players feel right now. But the Leafs beat the Detroit Red Wings. That's not really a story. A 4-3 win. They didn't play great. But uh, Willie Nylander goes back to wing for the first time after they had this whole thing where he's going to play center. And they're looking at Fraser Minton now, supposedly. So he's back on the wing. And surprise, surprise, he has his best game of the preseason. Two goals plus two five shots on goal 2016 advice look good with Domi and Tavares uh, your thoughts on the whole Nylander to center thing. I, I honestly think, you know,
0: pick your poison with them, right? It's, it's going to be like, I talked about a little bit is, is getting these young kids in to manage the cap. is going to be huge, right? Especially like you, I, you talked about on the show earlier, like, is it bouncing him around to kind of take the, voice off of the contract dispute and what's going on but you know he's a hell of a player he's a guy you can't let walk and i thought on all aspects of the game he was good last night whether it was five on five the penalty kill special teams he was buzzing and his poise and confidence is subpar um you talk about that younger generation that just has that like supreme confidence and he's one of those guys like even when he scores it's like man this guy's just so cool and cocky and he gets it but he can he backs it up right even the poise Marner makes that play to him. He's right in the slot and 95% right here. This guy, how many guys shoot this puck right into the Mm D-man or right into the goalie to make that play? It just takes balls and he's got them and he's got big ones and it's fun to watch.
2: Dude, I love the no sell on the OT winner. Like it it was a celebration or no sell because it was, it was game seven of eight in the preseason. That's so Willy to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then there's guys that score,
0: you know, watch Bertuzzi obviously get his first one there and he's pretty excited where Willie just scores and it's just like, but he might do that in game 52 of the regular season too, right? He's just one of those cats that just seems he's too
2: cool. And, uh, but man, he can back it up. Memo to the Leafs. Let's put that on hiatus on ice whenever, I mean, just maybe pick it up come playoff time where it makes more sense to stack those three up the middle in a matchup assignment where you're looking to get the other upper hand. But right now, no, thank you. You talked about Bertuzzi. It's funny how many times I'll like tweet out like something like for example, last night, I'm like, Vegas has been terrible in the preseason. They storm back and beat Colorado along those lines. I tweet out that Tyler Bertuzzi has had a subpar preseason, something to that effect. And then he scores. Having said that, I'm not sure you see you caught the goal. It was an absolute gift. Yeah. And Detroit oh, was yeah. handing out gifts all night long. I thought it was Christmas with some of the turnovers. There are preseason turnovers and understandably. So it was like their, their, their AHL roster out there. But, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, like, I'm okay with this guy starting off slow because ultimately it's all about the playoffs and why they got this guy, no?
0: Yeah, 100%, right? You you have to think at this point the regular season is going to be a formality, right? They're going to uh, – they should roll it, right? It's, yeah. it's getting these guys. But these are the trench guys you need. Come that time, right? And he's going to find his legs. He's going to find where he's at. He's got a lot, and it's an adjustment. I think you go from playing in these markets. Like he was in Boston, it's a big market, but toronto's is the hub. It's the center of the world, right? This is the hockey mega, and uh, he's going to do awesome. I, I, I love, I love his grit. And you know, obviously, last night was a gift, and it's on Alex Lyon. No offense, Alex Lyon comes sliding out there like that's. I think that's a savable puck, but obviously, an absolute gift from uh, the D man there, who probably is not going to play again in the NHL.
2: Very true. How would you rate Tyler Bertuzzi's style? I know it's been the big conversation. All my buddies sending me the video from TSN last week where he doesn't have a knob on his stick. He doesn't have tape at the bottom of his stick. Like he's an absolute grit grinder, man.
0: Yeah, it's like just an absolute, especially playing like for so long in the NHL to see how meticulous guys are with their sticks and what they do. Like, you know, their routine where this guy just shows up, like teeth missing, hair, just an absolute hot mess. And he just gets out there and mucks it up. And it just suits him. Like, even the way that, Part of his game is his equipment. He's just literally, it's perfect. It defines him who he is. And and you get, you know, he kind of wears it on his sleeve, right? You know what you're getting from Tyler Bertuzzi. And uh, I think it's something you got to love.
2: Do you like that fit on the top line with with Matthews and Marner? They started to cook in the second half of the game last night, but really, really quiet in the first half and have, have been that way to start the season. I think that's a guy that fits there, you know,
0: just yeah. the way he plays and his wall work, how good he is along the wall, right? I think he's going to create space for, for Matthew and Martyr, you know, he's a Swiss army knife, right? He's going to do it all. We know that in his skill level. And I think he's going to complement those two players well, especially going to those tough areas, right? He is going to be the guy that's net front. He's going to be the guy taking the abuse because that's what he does. He wears it well. And now you can protect those guys. And I think you, he's not like, he's like this useless net front guy either. He's got a lot of skill and a lot of talent. So as he's getting respected, it's going to open up more space for your big dogs to do
2: what they do. Any concern uh, about Ilya Samsonov? Like that's always my major takeaway every preseason. The goaltenders are are always terrible. It's across the league. Maybe you can speak to this. Like Why is that the case where I would say 85% of goalies to start an NHL season are absolute junk in October? I think it's timing. I think
0: it's, (laughs) you get into training camp and it's like, you've all summer you've worked on goalie structure getting better you know we work with our coaches we do what we do then you get into training camp and it's it's a goddamn free-for-all right you just stand in the net and you get peppered every two shots i remember one time having a having a meeting with Mike Yo after a skate when I was in St. Louis and he was bitching at me about like getting scored on. I think every guy that scored on me was from the American hockey league. Cause they would carry the, <laughs> they would carry the puck from the red line. And by the time they shot the thing, it'd be at the hash marks. He's like, I don't care who's shooting on you. You're not saving it. And then all of a sudden you get in a game, which is nothing like it. So now you're trying to get your wheels turning back into that motion instead of just being out there doing whatever the hell you do during a training camp free for all. We kind of call it the rodeo, right? It's like NASCAR, everyone going around shooting. Last night, my breakdown of his would be, I thought he just looked like locked in place. Like even Goss's spare the shot, he gets tipped from the point shots going glove side. He's not even moving. He just like reaches and same thing on the other one that comes across, obviously the turnover behind the net is, it is what it is. I don't care about that. Yeah. Then the other goal that beats him high glove, like McCabe does a really good job of taking away the far side, which he's supposed to. And I just find Samson off last night. That guy pulls it into his feet. He just drops. He's not on angle. He's reaching. It just seems like he's a little bit like locked in place right now, which I think as we get going, that'll disappear. I wouldn't be totally worried about that yet.
2: It was like he was going through the motions, dropped the stick like five times. I get it's the preseason, but there's always that concern, I guess, in Leafs land because of uh, previous goaltenders that have I've manned the crease where it's like, Oh no, is this thing going to go awry? Cause we will get to the crease a bit later on. I want to talk about Joseph wall and Martin Jones as well. But like I've noticed that early on with, with, with Sammy. And again, I'm not going to get too bent out of shape over it, but it better rectify quickly. Like he has not looked sharp in training camp at all. But again, as I mentioned, and you played in this league, it's tough to, to start hot if you're a goalie. Yeah, it is. It's, it's tricky too. Right. And you, and you want to peak at the right time where I always felt I started really
0: well. I think, as I had that structure and I play and I work through it and then the grind of the season, sometimes it goes, if you lose it during the season, sometimes it's harder to get back. Right. Cause the games are relentless, right. They're coming at you nonstop, especially if it's, if you're fighting it and you're struggling, it's, it's one of those things. But again, we talk about this goalie thing. It's like a revolving cycle. Like you just got to be hot at the right time. Any goalie can carry the load. It's like, you just got to get it going. And that's why I think having the depth to manage it is really important.
2: I don't know what it is, but it reminded me a lot of last year. Like Rosie and I talked about it, I believe, yesterday on the show. Like, how would you deploy your goalies for the last two preseason games? And ultimately, they chose to go Sammy on Thursday, Joseph Wall in Detroit on Saturday, which is probably the right decision. Having said that, I keenly remember last year um, where they decided, uh, and I think it was Samsonov like on the Thursday, uh, same story. And he ends up playing the Wednesday and looks shaky in the opener. Russ is a real thing this time of year, right? Like the fact that he's oh, yeah. not going to be in game action for six days kind of scares me. Yeah. And then you're, you're going in and, and it's not even like the rust necessarily.
0: It's like the routine too, right? You yeah. get to the rink and it's like, how do I, Oh, fuck, I used to, I have my coffee at this time. I, I take my stick at this time. You're kind of finding what works inside that. And like, granted, he's not far removed from that season, but there is like this flow state that you can get into having that routine and having those structures and, and throughout the training camps I was in, when I was, if I was the backup, it was kind of like, hey, you're getting this game. And then as I got a little, as I became a veteran and I had more status, I was like, hey, we're going to play you at home here. How many games do you think you need? Right. They, I'd have that open conversations. I, and I don't know if Sammy's there yet, but he, if he's the guy, they're probably trying to figure out what's best for him too. Right. Like what's going to get you going. Right. Because he's established himself
2: now. Did you have a general routine on like a game day where you knew you were starting?
0: Oh uh, yes, definitely. Um, I tried to like not be a psychopath about it. Cause some guys are, and uh, every goalie is a psychopath. Even my yeah, yeah. goalie
2: is a psychopath, dude.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I guess I am then just a <laughs> yes. little less of one. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> I honestly just found like what worked for me just to like feel good, you know? And then if things weren't going good, I tried to make some adjustments, but for me, it was, it was more about like managing my emotions. Cause I played with a lot of like jump, right. I played with a lot of energy. Like I talked about Marc-Andre Fleury where, Sometimes I'd be warming up for a game and I've had too much caffeine and I'm like dialed in and it's five 30. I'm like, the puck's not dropping. Like this is not sustainable. Um, So as I got more mature and like learned to breathe and work on like, you know, how I was thinking uh, it definitely helped me manage, you know, a couple hours on the rink, right? Like you're playing for that long and you can't just be focused the whole time. Um, So for me, it was going in and out of focus and just having fun. Like I was an absolute goofball when I played. when I was playing my best, I'd come to the bench and I'd be talking about like the 50, 50 numbers if we want it. And if like, Hey, did you guys see that girl up in that section? Or did you like, Smart. you know, see, you know, something funny, like to, to be loose with the boys at the bench. Right. Or if I messed up, I, I'd be like, when I was too serious, it just had a negative effect on me. And I think I use my training staff and my goalie partner really to help me manage that.
2: Dude, the thing that would drive me nuts. And we're getting to Cody Francis momentarily here is like, if you're a goalie in the league and let's say you're a backup, the thing that would drive me wild is like, you don't have any, any idea like the blow up is coming you know when like a star net or any starting goalie gets ripped to shreds and you're you got the towel over your neck and you're like this i'm going out after the game like where are we going first and then all of a sudden you're thrown into a hockey game i always wonder when they zoom in on the goalie what in the fuck they're thinking they weren't supposed to be out there and now it's like not a night off anymore you know
0: oh it's like the worst feeling in the world too you're (laughs) like and then like you know like for me it's like i've been around the game long enough you can like see how the other guy's playing like sometimes it's not his fault but there's times yeah, where you're like you oh know god he he's fighting it. he just gave it up. and then you're on the bench and you're like you don't want to make eye contact with anybody you're like fuck it oh god oh god is he lo- <laughs> is he looking at me yet is he looking at me yet i used to tape my skates like like so bad i used to tape my ankles so tight so lots of times after the second period my feet would get so sore so i would take the tape off and a lot of times I like wouldn't put the tape back on depending on how the game's going. And I had a few times in my career where one time Rene got hurt and one time Allmark got hurt and I had to go in and I had, I felt like I was on stilts in the net and it was like a tight game. So then I'm coming to the bench, TV time out. They got the tape out. I'm trying to tape my ankles. This is an absolute beer league move, but usually when you have to go in, the trainers are freaking out more. They're like, get your stuff, get your thing. And I'm like, relax, you guys don't even have to do anything. I'm the one that has to go in.
2: But again, it's something you manage with
0: maturity and
2: like experience too. That's a tough position to play, man. So I, I tipped a chapeau to you. My brother's actually a goalie, just beer league, played AAA as well. But there was always pressure on the parents watching the game and stuff like that. So a uh, hat tip to you. I don't know anybody out there who wants to make their kid a goalie. Anyways, uh, so happy to bring in today's guest. It's actually a reunion here on the show. You played with him, as mentioned, in Nashville. It's a uh, former Toronto Maple Leaf, Cody Franson. who spent nearly four seasons with the Maple Leafs.
3: What's going on, Franny? How are you, buddy? I'm good. Good. Thanks for having me, guys. How's things? Randy Knox, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good.
2: Hey, I was going to say, first and foremost, congratulations. Uh, I saw your junior B number got raised to the rafters. What was that like?
3: Uh, you know what? I was supposed to go down for that, and then all the fires started out here huh. in Kelowna. So I ended up getting pushed back. I got to go out on the 20th and do the uh, the function out of the game, a home game of theirs.
2: Did you ever think when you were playing Junior B that it would come to a day where your number's getting retired? That's insane.
3: Yeah, I did not think that that was going to be a thing. But, uh, you know, that, that's a great organization in Junior B up there in Beaver Valley. They're, uh, they're great people. Um, still keep in touch with the coach there. Obviously, it's the same, same guy that was there when I was there. And, um, you know, super, super special thing they're doing for me there. I definitely didn't see it coming, though. What have you
2: been that's up to that. these days?
3: coaching U seven hockey. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I got two boys in it this year. My little guy's four and, uh, my middle child Gunner is uh six. So they're both in it this year. Um, turned into a landscaper, you know, <laughs> taking, taking care of the yard, doing a little bit of that. Uh, I don't know, nothing too crazy. It's really took a break after I finished playing. I mean, Hutz knows how busy it is when you're in it. And then, you know, having three young kids, we, we had our kids back to back to back. I got uh, my daughter Sutton seven and then I got uh, uh, my son Gunnar at six and then Jet at four, but he's, he's really only like 14 months apart. So they're all real close. So once I finished playing, I was like, I'm I'm taking a minute and helping my wife out here for a little bit and I'll pick it back up in a minute, but i uh, still kind of in that mode a little bit. And, Took up skiing last winter, which was a lot of fun for the people watching. Um, I was <laughs> not good at that, <laughs> so that took me a hot minute to figure out. But um, had a lot of fun with that. Just trying to do a couple new things and spend time with the kids and family, and make up for some last minutes. That's good. So,
0: Franny, like now you know, decompressing a bit from the game. I think something that I've done working with some kids and, you know, now it's like, there's so much pressure on these young kids, right? Like I even, I even work with a, you know, a U 16 goalie and it's like the end of the world. You didn't get drafted uh, or you get drafted and you know, your experience, the road you took, what's like advice now that you take away from your career where it's like, you know, it's, it's so much pressure now to be good young and like get there right away. But like, Looking back on your career, like, there's probably so many different things that made you who you were. Like, how do you help this next generation, like, through your experience?
3: Well, you know, I mean, when you're coming up going through it, you know, like that kid, the the Bantam draft is, is everything, you know, you go into it. And if you don't get drafted, I remember I was, I was crushed when I didn't get drafted either, but.
0: Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: Knowing what I know now, it's like you really gotta try and put a little less emphasis on that because all it means is you gotta you just gotta show out at a camp. You know, you can, you can be a walk-on or you can be a listed kid and, and still make it, you know, the game nowadays, it's like, well, if you don't play at an academy and you don't get drafted, you don't have a shot. You know, you hear that all the time, you know, the academies have become such a force in, in, uh, you know, minor hockey programs and things like that, you know, and I, and I get it to an extent, you know, I got a cousin that scouts forever. And he's like, yeah, those, those kids get definitely a lot more looks than, than the, the general, but <laughs> Every kid develops at a different time. Uh, there's there's nothing that says you still can't do it. You know, your more generic way. So from the the Bantam draft standpoint, I I think there really does need to be a little less emphasis from kids. I know it's hard to do, but I mean, I wasn't drafted. You know, Webb's wasn't drafted. There's there's a lot of guys that ended up making a junior team that, that weren't actually drafted in the Bantam draft. So you know, I, I feel for kids uh, kind of going through that right now. I got a buddy back home whose son just went through it and, and he was fortunate enough to get drafted out of kind uh, of sick moose. but um it's definitely a, uh, a process for those kids. And, and uh, you know, definitely a moment in time that I don't forget going through.
2: Yeah, it really is interesting. Cause I was having this conversation the other day and I'm an 89 born like perception in life, how it changes. Like I find I'm telling stories to people like back in my day and I'm only like 34, you know, but <laughs> I, I think it really puts life into perspective Cody when it's like, you're, you're that age and I didn't play high level hockey. I was actually more of a baseball player, but you're that age. You're always looking to the future, like everything in life, you're looking to the future. And now I find myself wanting to be in the present. So like, that's the biggest advice I, I think anybody can give to like a younger generation or younger players Like live in the moment. Right.
3: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I run around out in the backyard with my, my son and literally we were playing road hockey back there yesterday. And he, we're, we're cruised around he looks at me he goes, dad, you're 36. Like you're old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you know <laughs> you can't help but laugh right but it's you know that's that's one of the joys being able to kind of step back for a minute enjoy the kids and be able to take that kind of stuff in you know um it's it's been a lot of fun you know and huts like you said you worked with uh that, that goalie that was 16 the last couple of years i played i played in the ahl and i was kind of tasked with that like reggie dunlop role you know where it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's kind of like player coach a little bit, and um you know they would give me their their defense prospect that they had down there and it was like you know here you get them for 40 games you know get them going get them doing the right things you know making the right reads right habits all that other kind of stuff and I actually ended up loving that role you know I gotta you know you get to that point where you know even though you're playing well like that call's not coming like you're not going back up so you're really trying to find a way to be as useful as possible for those organizations. Right. And I ended up thoroughly enjoying that role. And like you said, it, it's quite rewarding getting to be able to work with kids after you're done and, and trying to share your wisdom a little bit, help them turn a corner. And especially when you see them succeed after you've tried to help them, it, it's, it's pretty rewarding. Yeah, I agree. That's like uh, something
0: I think for me, when my, my last year in Arizona working with veggie and uh veg milk, obviously he's a great goalie and <laughs> being heard and just like i was there every single day and they almost they liked me because of the rapport they have and that's an honor to you right like they had you there because it wasn't just for your hockey right obviously that's a priority as well you could play but you they knew you were a good guy and they knew what you could bring to the room and and what i want to circle back to we played in a lot of the same markets right buffalo you know yeah. not really, i didn't really play in toronto i was there but i showered with them. we went over that but and uh, and then in nashville but so like i uh, I got traded to Toronto and that wasn't my only really trade. Like I changed markets all the time using free agency. So it was one of those things that I like slowly got into, right. Where you got, I remember the deal in Nashville, like you come back to Nashville, it's a familiar locker room, but you come from playing in Toronto and now you're like right with us. It was right during the playoff hunt. Like, what is that like family,
3: friends, life, hockey? I feel like that's such a big, big move. Yeah. You know what? That was a, that was a tough transition. Um, there's so many things that go into it. I mean, when that happened, we kind of had an idea that it might, but you never really know when it's actually coming. So, you know, I remember getting that call. Sorry, my computer's going crazy here. No problem. Um, I remember getting that call and it was like eight in the morning after a game in Philly. And, you know, it was known as calling me, Hey, we traded you. And then it was, um, you know, we had to wait for the immigration paper. So I ended up getting s- stuck in uh, Toronto for a few days and not being able to like go in and work out with the team because you're not part of that team anymore. You can't skate, you know, and then it ended up taking like four or five days or something like that. And then you get into, met, we met you guys on the road and uh, on the Island, I want to say. And uh, you got to try and pick up new system. You got to figure out who you're playing with and, and all the things that go with it. Right. So let alone you don't have any of your same gear. You know, you're you're grabbing stuff out of the back that's brand new and not your fit. And, you know, it's it's a pretty uncomfortable process. But I mean the family side of it. Um, you know, my wife stayed in Toronto for a week or whatever and packed up and then uh, met me in Nashville a little later. Uh, we didn't have kids at that point, so didn't have to deal with that aspect, but that definitely makes things a little trickier. Um, I know guys that have gone through that and there's there's a lot of moving parts that they go into it when you get traded like that. But I think the other thing that gets um, maybe a little overlooked in those scenarios is the role change that goes along with a trade like that. Um, You know, typically most guys go into a situation where they're playing the same type role that they were when they got traded. And uh, you know, for me, that was a tough transition going from playing, you know, North of 20 minutes a night in Toronto and on the first unit power play and all that other kind of stuff. And then going to Nashville, where you know we're we're stacked on D on the right side. I mean, the D were Weber Ellis and Seth Jones on the right side. And now you're like, well, what's gonna (laughs) happen here? Like, what are we doing? And um, you know, you go from playing north of 20 to down to 15 and second unit power play where you're you know, having to sit there and then try and go out and make plays with 20 seconds left. And, you know, you end up sitting there a lot longer when you're not used to it. And, you know, being able to do stuff like that is, is something that you kind of learn along the way and it takes some practice. You know, it's like going in cold with 10 minutes left in a game. Like it's not easy to just get out there and make a play. Um, you know, it's obviously part of the job, so you got to do it. But I think that's part of one of the things that gets overlooked when guys get traded is, is how their role is changing. Cause that, That takes a minute to get used to.
2: I would say King West going to Lower Broadway, a a bit of an easier move, right?
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, how much? I was going to ask you on a scale of one to Jay Rosehill, how much do you miss the Toronto media?
3: Oh, man. (laughs) You know what? I. I, I missed everything about that city, to be honest, man. Like, I loved it there. I, I wish I could have played the rest of my career there. The the media side never bothered me all that much. I I mean, to this day, I'm still a guy that doesn't have social media. So, you know, I was able to kind of drown out the noise, I guess you you call it. And uh, it never really affected me all that much. It, we went through some tough times in Toronto, don't get me wrong. It uh, It's not easy facing that scrum some nights for sure. You know, there was one night where... I think it was Simmons came in when uh, it was getting close to the time where Randy Carlisle was uh, let go and he came in and asked if we were playing to get him fired. Like, you know, a question like that you don't really see coming and I accidentally swore on the camera and I apologize to all the guys in the media and, and the girls that were there in the media afterwards. But, you know, don't get me wrong. It's hard to deal with the media there when times are tough sometimes, but um in terms of lo- letting it affect my experience there or, or how I was playing, I was able to um, manage that quite well to the point where I, I really enjoyed it there.
2: Uh, yeah. I was going to say not to rehash old scars, but 2013, like people forget you scored two goals in that game, man. You're an onion bag for the Leafs in that game. Like oh. how often is that, that game come up when you like walk on the street or at camp or something like that?
3: Uh, you know what? Like, it's kind of one of those things where it never really gets discussed because it's like everybody feels how brutal that was. I'm the
2: asshole, know? Franny. No, <laughs>
3: no, Somebody's got to do it. Up, it's like, yeah, not, you were there, right? was like, yep, I was definitely there. You know, like <laughs> the worst part about that, for like me personally, is when I look back at my career now, being done, I don't know that I was I had ever played better hockey than. That like season and in that playoff round that was that playoff round was probably the best hockey I had ever played and I was just like like Hut says you know when you're in a zone and you're feeling it and things are just going well and you feel like there's nothing that can you know kind of crack you and uh that's that was a moment in my career where I definitely kind of had that feeling and it's always like the, the coulda, woulda, shoulda, you know, we would have had, I think it was the Rangers up after that. And we, we played them well that season. And you just, you can kind of see the the pathway had you got through Boston. I mean, that team was so good and we weren't supposed to, you know, really give them a run, but you know, we were right there. We we should have finished it and definitely a, a, a scar that is, is still there, but, um, you know it's like anything else with with time it's it is what it is yeah the beauty and the pain of team sports
0: right you know oh, yeah. how good you're feeling sometimes it especially especially the way you were, right you're a D-man goalie it's we make mistakes sometimes it's bad or whatever even when you're playing good right it's one of those things your product of your surroundings but it was uh you know a hell of a career that's for
3: sure yeah yeah no i i don't i don't have any regrets it was uh you know, I mean, you look at how much effort kids put into getting there and, and how much effort we put into getting there. I mean, really, at the end of the day, you're just fortunate to be able to hang around as long as you can hang around, right?
2: Yep, definitely on that front. Um, I just want to change the focus a bit to, like, this day and age of hockey, the modern-day hockey. And, and nothing's really changed, quite frankly, since you left Toronto, man. Like, the pressure is just so firmly on this team. There's a couple... Uh, extra superstars on the roster. But what do you make of this uh, current iteration of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Obviously, a substantial change. Kyle Dubas gone, Brad Tree living in. And where do you stand in the uh, debate analytics versus team toughness? Because that's something they addressed this offseason.
3: Yeah. I mean, I definitely think, you know, the NHL is a copycat league. You know, um, Tampa ran the regular season for however many years that was. Like, it wasn't even close. And then through the playoffs, they got tougher. The game, the game changes in the playoffs. It gets tighter, it gets harder and definitely more physical. And I think there's always going to be a place in the game for size, you know, like everybody talks about, you need more speed. You need more skill. You need to score more goals. Like, yeah, that's all great. But in the playoffs, when everything gets hard at the end of the day, you always need some size. So I think, the avenue that they've gone and getting some guys with some grit that can play those minutes and um, come in and make a difference in a series when it gets hard, I think is an important move. And I mean, I'm still a massive Leafs fan. You know, I grew up a Leafs fan. That was my dream come true. And uh, you know, I mean that team's changed so much from when I was there. I think more Riley is the only guy that's still left there, but I, I shoot him a text every once in a while and you know, just kind of wish them good luck in the playoffs or whatever, because I know what it's like when they're, when they're going through that, dealing with those pressures, like that's not easy. There's those guys are under a ton of pressure to, to perform there. And, you know, it's one of those things like it's, it's, it's always just so close, you know, you can kind of see the pathway for those guys had they got through that one, you know, game or, or whatever. And I, I definitely feel for them when it doesn't work out. And I'm just, I'm hopeful that it works out for them this year.
2: Man, you talked about the pathway um, in that Boston series. Uh, automatically, I thought to last year, they got the Florida Panthers in the second round. They shit the absolute bed, right? Where it seemed like everything was finally, the, the puck bounces were going their way in the first round. And that's just a game of hockey. It's tough to win. I mean, you guys know better than me how difficult it truly is to win in this league. And I'm, I'm happy you brought up the name Morgan Raleigh, man, because like that's one player I can't talk crap about. Like I think he does so much for this team everything I know about him in the room. He's an absolute stud, just a quality human being. Uh, what was it like to play with Morgan Riley? He's the best man. Like
3: that guy, that kid came in as a rookie when we were there and he was a stud right from the start. He, you could, you could put him out there in any situation and he'd be fine. Like being young, inexperienced, whatever for him, it didn't matter. You know, he was that good. Um, and he's a great person. Like he's, he's one of my favorite teammates of all time. Um, you know, I'll never forget at my wedding. He was like the all-star, at my wedding, <laughs> you know, um, but <laughs> you know, he's he's one of those guys that, that cares about his teammates um, like to a fault. And uh, you know, he's, he's an absolute core piece for those guys in that dressing room. He's, He's what it is to be a leader, I think. And, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm in the same category as you. Anytime anybody says something like, Oh, think they, they need an offensive guy. or I think I'm like, you guys have Morgan Riley. Like, have you not watched, you know, like that kid is as good as there is. And they're like, well, you know, I had a conversation. I can't remember exactly who it was with, but they're like, Oh, we need the big booming shot. I'm like, you've got Marner on one side and Matthew's on the other. Like, you need a booming shot when you're trying to set up like a Weber on the one flank. Like all you need is a guy to just sift pucks through and distribute it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So. If, if you're trying to take heavy shots from the top, those guys I would imagine aren't going to be thrilled <laughs> with not getting the fuck <laughs> on the inside. Like those are your playmakers making tons of money. And, and really you just need to be able to distribute out there and, and, accomplish what needs to be accomplished i think i think morgan riley is an unbelievable hockey player and is exactly what that team needs i'm not
2: just saying this he could go down as one of the more undervalued players in the history of the toronto maple leafs and everybody's talking about taylor swift and travis kelsey but like morgan riley and Tessa virtue that's a real couple right there
3: (laughs) i love it i love it they're uh they're they're good people and uh, anytime i get a chance to run in the mall outside it's uh it's always a time i look forward to
2: Yep and uh, we look forward to a strong season once again for the Maple Leafs uh Franny it's it's always good catching up with you thanks so much for doing this and we'll uh, we'll touch base down the road okay Uh thanks
3: so it's Franny yeah, it's good to see you We'll to to <laughs>
2: do take care All right There you have it Cody France in uh, former Toronto Maple Leaf. and and the one thing I do remember I'm happy you brought that up cuz 2013 I know it's a tough bandaid to rip off and uh I know he's a class act about it, but like he was really good that year. And specifically yeah. in that series, I mentioned scored two goals, but that, that, that must be so tough. Like I'm probably the one jackass who asks about it. Every time you see these guys that nobody asks about it, but you got to ask about it. I mean, it's the giant elephant in the room in the history of this franchise in the last, you know, two decades.
0: Yeah, it's tough. And there's a guy that was in it. Part of it. I, yeah. I can't imagine that like even reflecting on your career, right? Sometimes, in life it's not always the things you did it's like the things you didn't do right or it's like yeah. the things that got away and you know it's like it's tough i i can't imagine that process but you know it's it's one of those things i think he did it with class too it's not like yeah you know i i had my guy everybody else sucked i played well where you know you it is it's the cross you bear playing the sport it's tough right and and that's why he was a great teammate and that's why he was well liked and and those are the things that make you a good person and and a guy you want to teach the next generation, right? Like he's helping these kids understand that, like, hey, you might have had a really good game, but your team sucked. Now, how can you help within that team while you're playing good? And yeah, and things you can learn at the grassroots level. So then, when you these kids make the NHL or whatever, they have the skill set to to manage it.
2: He is uh, making the most of it for sure. By the way, this weekend's player to watch is presented by Covered Bridge Potato Chips. So there's one game remaining here in the preseason Saturday night in Detroit against the Red Wings. I'm looking at Fraser Minton, man. I I think he's been such a superb story here in training camp. His sixth preseason game, it's going to be their eighth overall. And I'm looking for big things for Fraser Minton, who wasn't even on the radar, but now all of a sudden he can crack this roster. Who are you looking at?
0: Yeah, I like it. I I guess I got to go to goaltending. I'm talking, you got to go with Wall here. I can see how he does heading in here. It's, you know, he hasn't been feeling good, but like we need a big game and got to get something rolling here. Got to something, especially going off last night's performance from Sammy, right? Like didn't love it. Let's get him going and let's see where this can run with.
2: Yeah, because I think you look at Joseph Wall specifically with the flu and like he's been up against it all preseason long. We need a big-time effort from him tomorrow in between the pipes. Go to CoveredBridgeChips.com and follow on Instagram at CB underscore chips. From there, we move on to the Botano wrap-up presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now 19-plus. Please play responsibly, and Hutz is is pumped up because he's on this one. But first and foremost, coming up tomorrow, October 7th, our friends over at Botano. We'll be hosting a live hockey trivia show, which will include a $1,000 prize pool and more. Head on over to Botano.ca for sign-up details. No deposit is required. And all you need is a Botano account. Participants must answer at least 10 or 15 questions correctly to win. There's no ranking system, by the way. So I had you look at the Sunday slate in football. Is there one that comes across your mind that you're going to go with? Well, I, I have a lot. I got a lot to manage here. You know what I mean? I got a few
0: days, yeah. but you're putting me on the spot to say one. I love the Eagles. I love the Chiefs, but those are so easy, right? Like Eagles, Chiefs, favorites. I got the Jets plus two and a half. Don't hate me. Don't Ooh. hate me. I, I got a feeling it's going to, they started slow. They're going to be good. I like this quick turnaround. They're going to cover that. And I think maybe even money line. but I'm taking the plus Jets
2: with the points. Are you a believer that Aaron Rodgers is somehow going to come back this season I don't know. I imagine that would be wild uh, just
0: between him and then like uh, watching the other game the other night between showing him and Taylor Swift. I didn't even know what I was watching football, but I love it. Oh, that mustache is glorious, too. So it's it's one of those things I'm pulling for him because it'd be fun to watch and just the drama that's unfolded already this year.
2: Dude, it, so I have to do these things um, a couple of times a week. And one of my bets was like before the year. And I don't even watch football, mind you. That's why I had you take apart the the football scout because I don't watch I don't watch football, period. But one of my bets that I put together, because I know the New York Jets are the New York Jets. They're very similar to the New York Mets in baseball. Like, everything will and, and probably will go wrong for that team. And I picked them to miss the postseason in the NFL before the season started. I was like, I know they got Aaron Rodgers. Everybody's talking about it. Something's going to happen. I didn't think four snaps into the season, they're, they're effectively their postseason dreams were going to be cooked. But that's exactly what happened. It's so New York Jets, man.
0: It is. So New York Jets, like oh. he's running out with the American flag, like to the field. It's the first game. There's all this boom toast. It's oh, I feel for him. But it's it's one of those things. It's like you couldn't script this stuff. It's too good. It would yeah. be. Made, it's, it's almost make believe, but it it happened. And I, I like the way they're trending right now. I don't know. I, that's my pick for sure.
2: I like it. I like it. Uh, the chat's been on fire all show long. Um, many people appreciating the time with Cody Francis. I thought that was cool. I think I want to do a lot more of that this year is like going back in the well of time, like at least 15 years ago, we've had a couple on last year, but it's always get, good to like reminisce and talk about old times in this market and like ego gate and all that stuff. And the Pat Quinn era is the one I love. Like we had Travis green on last year, guys like that who, who lived through it. I mean, to, to, to bring the passion back to this team, right. I, yeah. You would have to think some year they're going to push through a I know I, you'd have to think with the, with the talent that's come through here and the resources
0: and everything, and everyone wants to play in this market, right? You know, you hear guys some, but it's, it's a place to win and and there's nothing that can replicate winning in that market. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And uh, I got in a couple of weeks, I'm doing like an Easter Seals game and Dougie Gilmore's coming and Rick Vive. So I'm like excited to be like with them. And, and as I've, I've met so many stars while playing, but it's like, the guys that come after you are punks. You're just like ah, whatever. You're good. But yeah. Like these old guys, it's it's always cool, like having a beer with them and shooting the shit and like kind of getting it down where it's not an interview. It's just like guys being guys and hearing some of the stories and the way it was and something I'm really looking forward to.
2: Well, we're looking forward to the uh, preseason finale. Finally, the uh, season will kick off on Wednesday at home against the Montreal Canadiens. They're playing Detroit tomorrow. I think it's going to be a watered-down roster. By the way, a lot of you in the chat asking for updates at practice, there's not much cooking. I'm sorry. Like Everybody's going ballistic because we're just talking about the Leafs 10 years ago, and not much is happening. I'm sorry. Like uh, I'm seeing a David Alter tweet that a lot of the group that was cut um, back on October 2nd are skating, and Cowan and Minton are skating with them. So my big guess, and it's not really a guess. I know what's going to happen. None of the big boys are going to play tomorrow. You're going to see Minton play because they want to look at him. Easton Cowan just because they've been so happy with the kid. But you're going to get, like, as watered-down Maple Leafs rosters you can find, similar to the one you played with in Arizona, probably.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, don't want anyone, <laughs> we don't want anyone getting hurt. Not that bad, eh? But I know, we don't, I know. We don't want to get, uh, we don't want to get hurt, uh, you know, especially right now, right? You're so close. You've come this far. It's been a grueling camp, right? You're going to manage your big boys, and they're ready to go, right? Even if there is a little bit of rust, you worry about that opening. But at the end of the day, we're, just, we're going to roll this regular season and get ready for what matters.
2: Well, Hutz, you brought it today, your season premiere, your launch here as a special co-host on the show. You you hit it out of the park. Well, I wish the Jays could have done that, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, that's, I, I thought I knocked this out of my My last season opener was in Arizona against Columbus. I gave up eight, so I performed a lot better here. So not a big deal. I'm back.
2: I think what you needed was a game at Mullet Arena to get the juices flowing, dude.
0: Yeah, honestly, I wish it. Yeah, that's what I needed. I, I blew it. I retired too soon.
2: You did. Uh, I love the picture you posted, by the way, on IG the other day of your kid in, in your jersey from Arizona. Those, those Kachina jerseys just absolutely slap. If I was a player, that's probably the only reason on top of the bar scene in Arizona, because I still go out and have fun, even though I'm 34. That That's probably what would make me go play in Arizona, aside from the fact that they have five 5,000 spectators in their arena, like a college barn. Yeah, they did a good job. Those jerseys are so sweet. And even like the gear and, and I still got my helmet there behind
0: me. Yeah. Or this way, this way. And uh they actually when I signed, they sent me two jerseys for my kids. So yes, we, nice. it, was, it was my daughter's first hockey. Uh, we were like picking out what jersey she wanted to wear. And she picked that one, and I was like, Oh God, couldn't you pick something where I performed a little bit better? But it was uh it was good. She had a lot of fun and the next wave.
2: Now here's the big question Is there a Carter Hutton Maple Leafs jersey lying around in some barn somewhere? There's gotta be somewhere. Gotta I have be, a, right? I have a Marley's jersey here. They gave me because I went
0: down and I backed okay. up the weekend because they didn't have a goalie. I have a Marley's jersey. I didn't collect a lot of my jerseys. Okay. Some, I have a family friend that has like every single one. That's um, sick. I got all my I got all my helmets. And one day they're not gonna be just sitting on this wall here. I'm gonna do something, try to do something cool with them. But until then, they're just uh they're here for my kid to play street hockey with.
2: No, that's, that's really cool, man. It's funny you talk about the helmet too, just to wrap, like Ilya Samsonov, the throwback to Cujo and his mask this year. There, You can do so much with helmets these days. Like, it's so cool because goalies get their kids involved. It's like an activity now.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. It's it's honestly, I actually thought about that when we were talking about Sammy. He was like, his helmet looks so cool. And especially oh. like, I love Cujo, and who doesn't yeah. love the, the helmet? It's something that I always tried to create on my mask with my painter was like, there's almost like a, an intensity you could put on your helmet, which I didn't have. I wasn't... My, my painter was like a biker dude from Boston who just like always had like really cool ideas. And I just yeah. ran with it. And then once I had a family, you know, you put stuff on
2: the back and, and now it's a pretty cool keepsake to have. Well, let's see. This is a blast, bud. We'll talk in a couple of weeks. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Anytime. There you have it folks at the Leafs Nation 401, where you could subscribe on YouTube, just search Leafs One and Take wherever you get podcasts as well. Many thanks to Cody Franson, producer Aaron Bordado. knocked the ball out of the park bang up job as per usual. And there you have it. Week one of Leafs morning take season two in the books for Carter Hutton. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Take care. And we'll talk on Tuesday, by the way, no show on Monday.
1: Thank you for watching Leafs morning take hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit the